we're back. Things Christians Want to Know podcast with Paul and Nate and Nate and Paul. Um, just one of each, actually. Yeah. Uh, we have been talking about government, and every time I look at this topic, I'm surprised. Each time, I'm surprised at the, the degree, the extreme almost degree, to which Jesus expects us to respond in the opposite spirit of the world. Mm-hmm. The world expects resistance to be met with force and rebellion to be met with force and everything to be met with force. And, and, and God is just so different. His ways are so different than ours. And we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. Um, and I want to keep going. Because there's a lot of stuff on this topic of, of government. So we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to submit and obey, which is a tough one. We're supposed to honor our leaders. Pay taxes. Even if they're terrible. Pay taxes, even if they go to terrible things. Render. and Because those taxes went to terrible things. And mm-hmm. some of ours, we would argue, go to terrible things as well. Um, but you still have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, as Christians, we would like to have excuses to be exempt from things. And I know a few of those who don't. Mm-hmm. Sad to say, they're running because they think they're right and they're missing it. What do they do with the multiple times? Because it's Jesus, Jesus says it in every gospel, interestingly. It's in Romans 13. And taxes are mentioned multiple times. Yeah. So it must have still been an issue then. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Jesus said it, but he, he, didn't mean, he didn't really mean that, though, right? Jesus, didn't, that was that's a parable we don't understand. We, he, you know, Paul's like, no, no, pay your taxes. Yep. Peter's like, no, I'm sorry, you got to pay your taxes. Peter, Peter could have come to their aid, but he, he, he learned. Yep. Yeah. So how else do we re- relate to earthly government? Ultimately. We take the words of Jesus. He is meeting with Pilate Mm -hmm. and he wants to know about this king's kingdom. And Jesus says something about where we ultimately stand when he says, my kingdom is not of this world. He's a king. He's got a kingdom, but it's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. But it's not. And so people like Peter and Paul take hold of that. And Peter calls us aliens and exiles. We don't belong here. And so. And there's a temporariness to that. Too. There, there definitely is. So we have to hold that intention. And I'm going to vote. I vote, and I, if I were to choose a party, I've got a party choice. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I am apolitical because I follow the king. And his government overrides any human government. And so ultimately, I surrender to him. I can't play that card that, that Peter played as often as some people think you could, we must obey God rather than man, you know. And that's the tension. That is the tension because Because we can't play that very often. But there are times where it comes, like you've got these 
three guys who are going to be thrown in the furnace. And they said, now, mm -hmm. now let's, let's get this clear. You said, what, what do we do if we don't bow down? We get thrown into that furnace. We'll take the furnace. And it surprised him so much, he got flaming mad, and he scorched it up seven times more, so much so that some of his own men died. Were it was killed, so hot. Just opening yeah, the door. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive furnace, actually. <laughs> and so, so the decision is not, okay, when we're in opposition, if, if we're apolitical, then we can take up arms at, at will. No, we don't fight. We don't resist. Peter said, you do what you got to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to keep preaching. Just so you know, yep. that didn't make him happy. But he says, we're going to do this because that's what we're called to do. Yeah. We're preachers. And, and so there preach. are some things, some laws of God that we do have to obey, even if the government tells us not to, for example, right? And so one of those, you brought up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel had a similar experience. Yeah, he was told not was, to pray. So what did he do? He prayed anyway. He prayed. Now, he didn't pray in the street. He didn't wear a shirt that says, I pray <laughs> with, with a finger sticking up or something like that. He prayed on his own, in pub, in secret. Um, but they knew. They so, knew. So, so they came in and caught him. They got him. Um, so I'm saying he wasn't flaunting it, saying, I'm a rebel. God said I can do whatever I want. So, meh. You know, and I've seen people. I'm doing that because people are doing that these days, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, you don't know what spirit you're of. You're missing the boat. Um, but they said, hey, Daniel, you got to bow down and worship. And he's like, I, I, I can't do that. I can only worship my God. He's very clear about that. There are no other gods, period, end of sentence. <laughs> I can't add you or him or her or any of them. And they're like, we'll kill you. And he's like, okay, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, throw me in. Throw me in. So don't have other gods. <laughs> don't worship other gods. You, you can't disobey that one, even if the government tries to make you pray, uh, preach the gospel is the other big one. You don't see Paul and Peter breaking laws. Yeah. Any ever, actually, I can't think of a single time any of the apostles break a law except for the law to not worship other gods or to not preach about Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, those, those laws of God's government supersede anything. But they don't play, and so that's, that's when they play that card. We must obey God Rather yes. than men. Now they break customs, especially with the Jews, but that's that's a different sort of thing. Mm -hmm. They break religious customs and they say that same thing. Hey, we got to obey God. We're going to keep healing people, man, in the name of Jesus. We're not going to stop doing that. Here's what I'd like to call it. We got two passports. Mm. We got a passport. Dual citizenship. Yes. We are we are citizens here, but the one that overrides that is our citizenship of heaven. And that's why Peter was able to say we're aliens and exiles. We're not here long. It's just a short temporary time. And then we'll be in the new government. So mm -hmm. government won't end right. in the new earth. In fact, there are prizes for those who do well here if we endure, Can we get promoted to be in government. Yeah, doesn't sound like a reward. If we, that's, if we endure, sounds like we the will... other place to be. No, well, we're reign. We get to reign, and but so, under God's government. Oh my, I wouldn't mind there's serving no, under God. You know, there's no injustice. Yeah. So government will continue. Government 
is, is what God uses to bring stability in these situations here in the earth and in heaven, in the new earth, there is government. So the dual, the dual passport thing is interesting. That idea. My, my, my grandfather was a dual citizen of okay. America and Canada because he was born on their way from Norway to Minnesota and he happened to be born in Canada. So he was a Canadian citizen as well. Um, Paul was a dual citizen, you know, there, there, cause he was a Hebrew of Jerusalem, but he was also a Roman citizen. And obviously he was also a citizen of the kingdom of God, which is not of this world. And that's a tricky one because aliens and exiles don't get to vote, by the way. Mm-hmm. In that context, when he says we're aliens, we're exiles, they didn't vote. They didn't get a say in anything at all. They didn't have a whole lot of rights. They didn't get a lot of support. Now, I'm not saying that means we shouldn't vote or we don't have rights in the government we live in. I am saying, though, that we have to be careful when we focus too much on the kingdom of this world versus the kingdom of God. That's right. And there, I think, those two passports, the passport of heaven is way up here. Way up there. And the passport of America, Canada, Norway, wherever you live. Brazil, there's people listening from Brazil. Mm -hmm. Um, Hello, by the way. Um, I talked to him today. (laughs) Oh, awesome. That's that's down here. It is. And we have to keep that in mind. And it's very hard for Americans. It's hard for my American friends. They conflate the kingdom of God with their favorite political party far too often. And the church has done this throughout history since Jesus. We've gotten this one wrong. If my kingdom were of this world, my people would fight. Well, we've had people fight. We've had the, the, the old Roman Catholic church fighting crusades and slaughtering people to expand the kingdom of God. But that wasn't the kingdom of God. That was a kingdom of man. And you had holy wars in Europe for years and years and centuries and centuries trying to expand the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is not an earthly kingdom. It's not expanded through physical violence. It's expanded, Jesus said, through spiritual violence. Mm -hmm. The violent take it by force, but that's a spiritual violence. That gets us back to the prayer thing. Um, So the idea, uh, where I'd like to land on this personally is I try to think of myself and encourage other people to think of themselves as a missionary, even in their own country. You're not from here. You don't belong here. You belong there. You are here temporarily on a mission to help other people by spreading the gospel and then spreading God's love and helping people. And, but you don't, this isn't the place you get to be comfortable all the time. This isn't the place where you get everything you want. This isn't the place where you get to control how things work. We are, we are aliens. We're sojourners. We're missionaries. And when you're a missionary in another country, you do things in order to honor their customs and to honor the people that you might not normally do. Like when I go to Africa and preach, I have to wear full long trousers and usually a long sleeve shirt and often a tie. And whenever you're in Africa, it's too hot for me. I was there in winter and I was still hot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause I have a, a, physical disability regarding heat and I wear pants anyway mm-hmm. and I get sick afterwards because I got overheated. So I have heat exhaustion for hours after it, but I still honor them because that's what has to be done. They expect it. Now, if there was a group of people that I was there often enough, they would probably be like, you don't need to anymore. It's okay. 
But I, I honor and respect their traditions and their, their expectations because I'm a missionary in that place. Sure. And I, I try to explain it that way when some people have trouble submitting to government, honoring government and that sort of thing. But he's not my president. He is, though. So can't you think of yourself as you're a missionary? Like you can, you can honor the customs. You can, you can still do those kind of things because ultimately you're here to serve Christ. You're not here to serve that president or that person. Um, I like I, it. I don't know how helpful it's been for people because sometimes people just, they hang on to that American passport and that's the yeah. most important thing. Yeah. Um, and we have to submit our earthly rights when we die on the cross. Mm-hmm. We have to submit our earthly rights. Paul submitted his rights. He could have been like, hey, don't, don't stone me, don't beat me, don't whip me. You can't do that. I have a right to not have that done to me. And he didn't. Almost never. So, I don't know. I see a lot of people talking about their rights these days. I, I really like and what it's you're tough. saying. I, just, I wrestle with these things. And they're yeah. really difficult things. Let me read it from 1 Peter 2.11. Yeah, Beloved, I beseech you as aliens and exiles. I mean, it makes it very clear. Mm-hmm. We, we are not citizens of this uh, uh, on earth to abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against your soul. Maintain good conduct. Mm-hmm. Among the Gentiles, so in case they speak against you as wrongdoers, they may see, not they hear your good words, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So it's, it's how we live. It's not our words. Mm-hmm. It's how we act. And that's uh, acting as citizens of the heavenly kingdom. Mm-hmm. Paul says, you are citizens of heaven. So I'm not saying be anti-government. No. No. Because I've, I've heard people use this line of reasoning to say, that's why I'm anti-government. And I'm like, actually, I think it's saying the opposite. Yeah. I think it's saying submit and, and live peaceably and do what you're told so that we can get about the real business of the real kingdom, which is the kingdom of God, not mm-hmm. of this world. Mm-hmm. So, and that's hard for me because I tend to be... Anti-government would be too strong, but I, but I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of giant government, and, and I'm not a big fan of of relegating every social good to be the responsibility of the government. I understand why, from a humanist perspective, people would believe that, but I'm not a humanist, so I don't. I think taking care of the poor was always supposed to be the responsibility of the church. That's what we see in Acts. That's what we see elsewhere in the New Testament. The church is supposed to be taking care of the poor. Mm-hmm. taking care of the orphans, taking care of the widows. It's really clear that that's our job. I'm not sure when we stopped doing it, um, but I think we should be doing it instead of government. Now, I don't think the government will ever stop doing it until we start doing it. I think if the church was to start taking care of the poor like we're supposed to, then the government wouldn't need to get in there and, in my opinion, mess it all up. Yeah. Because I don't think they do it right. Um, but we don't. We've, and so that, and that's where this stuff gets difficult because, well, if you're Nate, if you're a sojourner and an alien, then why would you get involved in anything regarding civics or helping out the community? Because you're supposed to be distant, but that's not what we're saying. Uh-uh. We're saying we should be involved, but not, not to cause problems or gain favor with those folks to do what needs to be done, um, for the kingdom of God. 
for the very reason we won't be here for a long time. Let's right. do it while we can. Right. You're only, how long are you here? You know, 70 years, 90 years, 96 if you're Phil Ludio. Um, that's not a long time. Mm-hmm. So hurry up and start helping people. There's, there's a lot of poor people. I mean, there, it's, it has been said by people who are far smarter than I that within my lifetime, we could end extreme poverty in the world. Mm-hmm. That seems like a good goal. That seems like a worthy thing to me. I would like to be a part of that. And so I, we're not saying remove ourselves mm-hmm. in that sense from society. Or I, This is the second time I've used the Amish as an excuse. I'm not trying to pick on them. But there are a number of groups who separate themselves and just they don't have anything to do with the world. And there were even some Christians I knew growing up, growing up who they didn't want anything to do with the world. And they lived kind of really separately. And I was like, I, I think that's going too far. That's not what I see here. Mm-hmm. I see, see people being in the world, not of the world, but they're in the world. They're helping real people. They're doing real stuff to affect real change uh, for the kingdom of God. The Pharisees tried that, and they were not in the world, but they were more worldly than the people who did the opposite. Yeah. And so that's tricky stuff. This, if, it, if it you, is, this is all tricky stuff. Yeah. Um, because people could be like, all right, well then I'm just out. I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to have anything to do with that. And I'm like, that's, I'm not saying that, right? you know, but I am saying we have to keep, keep it clear what our priorities are, mm-hmm. kingdom of God, then this kingdom. And then we have to keep it clear what the Bible says our relationship with government should be, which is what we've been talking about for the yeah. last, for the last few weeks. And Beyond that, then, there are some people, I think, who are called by God to be actively involved in government. Absolutely. There are people who are called to be um, elected officials. There are people called to law enforcement. There are people called to various levels of bureaucracy. There are people called to social work. I mean, you name it. There are people who are called by God to do those things, and they should absolutely do those things. I'm in no way saying we shouldn't do that. Um, But I'm saying that because I'm not called to that, I'm not going to spend hours and hours discussing, debating, and trying to figure out politics and this and that about, because none of that is my business. That's not Mm -hmm. my calling. I shouldn't, it would be a waste of time for me to do a bunch of that kind of stuff. And that's, that's a challenge to me because I, I'm interested in that and I kind of want to do that, Mm -hmm. but I have to like try to restrain myself and I've had limited success, Uh, but try to restrain myself from talking about politics with people and stuff like that. Because that's not what I'm called to. I already yes. know who I'm going to vote for and everything. And so I want to spend my time on what the Bible says we should be spend our time on, which is prayer and honoring and those kind of things. Let's do it now. Let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's pray. And uh, let me just say that I, I like this uh, thing about the passport because we mm-hmm. both travel a fair amount. Yeah. I, I've traveled a lot of places. And that passport's important. That gets me in yep. to other places. But as a citizen of heaven, carrying a heavenly passport, I can go anywhere and I can represent the king of all kings mm-hmm. in these earthly spheres. Yeah. So I like, I like that picture that we have. You pray. I prayed last time. You, you take it. Okay. Father, I want to I wanna just start out by confessing that I haven't always done well in this stuff. It's it's tricky. And it's easy for me anyway to let my personal convictions and beliefs, I think, dictate how I'm going to choose to interpret the scripture 
or how I'm going to choose to obey it anyway. Um, and I confess that I have definitely done that. Um, I confess that I am more inclined to pray for people whose political positions I like than I am inclined to pray for people whose political positions I don't like. I confess that, and that's not right. And I confess that it's been very tempting for me to pray, instead of thy will be done, to pray, thy get this person in office and that person in office, please. As if I am just assuming your will, because I know everything, because I'm super smart. Which I'm not, but I feel like I am. <laughs> and so I do that. So, Lord, I really want to say for this election, for every election, your will be done. The government is a servant of God, it says in the word. And sometimes they make good choices and sometimes they make bad. But, Lord, that authority is, is granted, at least to some degree, it's granted by you. And so I pray that we would have people come into office who are good people who can give us good government. And I pray that as often as possible, there are people who know you, because I think it would be very helpful as a politician to be able to hear the voice of God and follow that. Um, and if not, bring people to you, because you can do that. And I pray that you would help us all to spend more time in prayer and supplication mm -hmm. and making our requests to you and yes. thanking you for our government, Lord. I thank you. Every, every Sunday in church, when we pray, we thank you for the government. Because I know people who are in or have been in countries where the government is not good. And it is very hard to be a Christian in places that say, for example, you can't be a Christian. Um, and so, Father, I do thank you for, we live in America, so I thank you for the United States of America. I thank you for this country. And I pray that we would have good government. And that you would help Christians to interact with that government in a good way. And to pray for it and to honor it. And to, yeah, sure, speak out when there are things we disagree with. But I pray that we wouldn't get so distracted by the things of this world that we forget about the fact that our primary citizenship is in the kingdom of God, in your kingdom. And I pray that you would help all of us understand the very, very difficult one of we're sojourners, we're exiles. We're strangers in a strange land. In America... Most of us don't feel like we're strangers in a strange land. It often feels quite comfortable. There are certainly people that do feel that way. But I pray that you would help us understand what that means and what it means for us. And if there's things that we need to let go of, personal wants or desires or convictions that we need to maybe hold more loosely, um, I pray that you would lead us in that direction, Holy Spirit, and show, it, show us what it is that you want us to do. Show us what it means to be to live like an exile. And what it means to seek after your kingdom and your righteousness before we seek after things like the American dream and prosperity. I thank you for America. I'm not disparaging the American dream but it can be very distracting. And so I submit it to you, Lord. And I pray that you would help all of us do that, that we would seek your kingdom above our own, that we'd seek your kingdom above the United States. 
And I pray that you would help us also in our interactions with other people and other Christians, especially in an election year like this is. Things get so heated and people forget all about 1 Corinthians 13 even existing. Nobody speaks with love. Nobody keeps no record of wrongs. We have literal lists of wrongs that we keep. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to respond better with one another, to show more love to one another, to honor one another. And as your word said, that people will see our deeds and that they will know that we're followers of Christ because we see they see us acting honorably and reasonably and kindly and out of love. And I confess the times I haven't done that. And so I, I thank you for your forgiveness for all these things, Lord. And I pray that you would guide me, guide us by your Holy Spirit, that as we walk through this land, as we sojourn through this land, that we would follow you and you only. Your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.